Welcome to Glove Talk, your weekly news unboxing. If you enjoy this kind of content, make sure to hit the subscribe button. If you enjoy the video, make sure to hit the like button. With that said, let's get into the news for this week. So let's start with Mick Conlon and then we'll go to Carl Frampton because it's on the same card. Mick Conlon gets a stop in the 10th round. He actually got deducted a couple points for low blows earlier in the fight. So it's probably best that he did get his opponent out of there because if it did go to the scorecards, you know how that stuff goes. It can always be a little bit weirder when there's, you know, uh, points deducted. Now, I think Mick did well and I think he pretty much would have won, but you just never know because we'll get into some funny business that happened with uh, judges later on on the PBC card. So Mick Conley moves on. I think that, you know, him and Adam Booth clearly are a good team together. I think that Mick Conlon can continue to grow and, and can continue to be, you know, someone at this weight class that is a possible threat for a, a belt. Now, where he goes from here, I hope he continues to just keep on ramping up the competition because I like to see how he progresses. I think that this was a good showing from him and, you know, especially with his combination of doing, you know, solid footwork, plenty of body work and then moving up to the head i like that about him he's not just a head hunter and i find him to be just fundamentally very sound so now moving on to the carl frampton fight and carl frampton gets a stoppage as well in the seventh round now what was interesting about this fight is that carl frampton was against trainer and trainer just he didn't really press the action very much, which is pretty much the opposite of what you should do when you're with Carl Frampton in the ring. If you remember Josh Warrington, Josh Warrington went at Carl Frampton and he went at him hard, high volume, make him work. And that's how you're going to do well against someone like a Carl Frampton. If you don't have a big size advantage, which trainer didn't trainer kind of was just a little bit more hesitant kind of uh was patient which i liked but he's not such a power puncher when it comes to countering that it makes it really worth his while in the end carl frampton basically dropped him a couple times i believe in the sixth round with body shots and then in the seventh round as you'll see i'll i'll put it up over here he hit him with a body shot and at that point i think trainer was just done now some people got mad and said you know trainer just quit yeah, he did quit because I think he was already hurting so bad from the initial body shots that I don't think he could have went on. I don't think he could have. I think at that point he knew that if he just went back out there for that rest of that round that uh, Cole Frampton was just going to keep on doing body shots to him and he was just going to it just wasn't going to go in his favor anyway. So. You know, uh, say what you will about that, but that's how that went. Good win for Carl Frampton. We'll see where he goes from here. Now let's go over to PBC and talk about the card over there. Otto Valine, you know, as we may all know from, you know, fighting Tyson Fury and giving Tyson Fury a mean cut, had his first return back fight and he did well. He looked good. I think Otto Valine is a very solid heavyweight. So uh, he got the stoppage. Now on this one, it's a little disappointing. His opponent ended up throwing out his shoulder, I believe, or had a shoulder injury that basically made him a one-armed fighter. And at that point, you know, uh, Otto took advantage of that and the fight was stopped. Now, moving on to that, I'm actually gonna go straight to the Benavides fight. And then we'll go back to the Roley fight uh, and Marina's fight for good reason, obviously. Now, Benavides looked good. Now, we do have to bring up the fact that Benavides lost his belt 
at the scale came in almost three pounds too heavy and this is the second time he's lost his belt now the first time was for cocaine this time was because he didn't hit weight uh, i think that you know one statement he made was that he came in as dry as he could be and i think it's just time for him to move up to that light heavyweight i just think he's too big to be weight bullying at this weight and if he's just having so much issue i mean he just can't do it anymore so i think super middle is just not for him he's too big move up move up to you know light heavyweight and let's see what he can do there he's a very solid boxer uh but got the stoppage in the 10th round which was good looked really solid was basically commanding the fight the entire time and overall uh had a good showing disappointing that he did lose his belt if he continues to stay at 168 i do believe he has a chance to try to get it back and fight for it again he will have to have a actual fight for it so you know we'll see where he goes from here i would not be surprised if he moves up to light heavyweight it'd be interesting if him and bivol eventually squared off i i don't know about him and better bf quite away like right away because better bf i think is I don't know that'd be an interesting fight as well i would like to see him and bivol first then i'd love to see him and Biv, uh, him and better bf square off to see who reigns supreme at light heavy now let's move into the romero and marina's card this is one of the worst judgings i think i've ever seen in a fight i mean this was just a gift to roly this fight it's it's pretty disgusting judging and you know I understand if you gave maybe four rounds to Romero, but I don't understand how one judge during this fight gave Romero like 10 rounds, 10 rounds. It's, he wasn't even close to winning five rounds in my opinion. He maybe won four at best. It was pretty disgusting. It was a complete robbery. And in fact, it was such a bad robbery that Showtime put a poll on Twitter and you'll see it over here. 77% think that Romero lost that fight. Now, I wanna talk a little bit about Romero and then I'm talking about his opponent who got robbed in this. A couple things I noticed. Romero talks a lot, but can't walk that walk. I did not see a special fighter at all in this fight. He looks to have decent power for the weight class decent power but i'm going to just name a couple things i noticed right off the bat number one he follows his opponent around i don't know if it's going to show in the clip properly but he follows him around he doesn't cut the ring off and that leads to him getting counter punched or running into he lunges in a lot and gets hit with solid jabs or he gets hit with counters he just doesn't really cut off the ring and make strategic moves he follows his opponent around and it's just not smart boxing a couple of things i noticed is that he telegraphs his right hand so bad i mean it was incredibly obvious every time he was going to try to throw a big right it was you could see it from a mile away you re you really could and that's where his opponent took advantage of him quite a bit he obviously saw him loading up for it and knew how to you know deal with it appropriately with head movement and, and you know grabbing him if he got in too close it was 
it was pretty bad. Now, the other part was he was very flat-footed and he was headhunting the entire fight. I maybe counted like five times he went to the body and I'll tell you why, why that's important. His opponent, I've never even heard of Jackson Marinas before this, super solid, super solid fighter. I mean, great movement, very slick, excellent head movement, just very elusive. He's not a power puncher. I looked at his box rack and just kind of see where he was. He doesn't have a lot of knockouts. I believe he has seven uh, out of his, I believe, 19 wins. He had, he had a perfect record going into this, and he's just that kind of guy that he's not going to maybe knock you out, but he is going to make you work for it all 12 rounds. Very, I, I was very impressed by him. I thought he looked great. He took Roly to school, if you ask me, in this fight. It was pretty bad. Uh, I think that they are talking about the WBA is talking about making it a mandatory for them to have a rematch. It was that bad. It was atrocious. And I hate seeing this happen. I don't think anyone can really, really make any excuses for this other than these judges were pathetic. This is why people walk away from boxing. This is why people stop watching boxing because these kind of scorecards come up and it just makes people infuriated. It just shouldn't happen. I understand that if it's a close fight, we can sometimes get, you know, a judge that doesn't see things the, the proper way, maybe that the fans do. But some of these scorecards were just awful. How do you give 10 rounds to Romero on this? It was just abysmal. Now, from that, we're just going to go into the news now from the weight classes going from the lightest to the heaviest. Don't have a ton here, but I did want to update you guys on a few things. So let's do that now. So first up, we have Navarrete and Magdaleno. And what's interesting is that it went to purse bid. It did get bought by or got won by top rank. And they're looking in at October 17th or 24th. I bet you they push it to the 24th because the 17th is most likely going to be Lomachenko and Tiafimo Lopez. Now, if you didn't get to see my video earlier this week, I'll, I'll put a card up here so you can check it out. I did a whole video on the deal that was done and that these guys have made everything generally official. Uh, now, moving on from that, we are actually going to jump to 140 and talk about Regis Prograce has actually decided to leave Lou DiBella. And it seems like it's a very mutual thing. It seems like there's no hard feelings. Both guys, you know, had kind words to say about each other. So it looks like he will be on the market. I'll be very curious to see who picks him up. I wouldn't be surprised if it's someone like PBC or top rank in particular. So moving on from that, we are gonna go straight to middleweight and that is Charlo and Devachenko are gonna fight before Charlo and Rosario. And it looks like that's gonna be a fantastic card. We're talking about a six fight card. I'm very excited for this fight. I mean, having both Charlo brothers fight on a, a card together is how they should be packaged. I know they're individuals, but it just, they're such exciting fighters. And they're, it, they're just, I mean, the trash talk, the promotion is just excellent when they can kind of package them together. Now, moving on from that, I wanna to move to light heavyweight. And that is, uh, we're talking about Pascal is gonna be Arthur Betterbiev's WBC mandatory at 175, which is a very interesting fight. I think for, 
about four or five rounds maybe you know i i like pascal he's getting older i believe in he's in his mid 30s now but he is just a brawler in there he gets in there if you if you remember the badu jack fight he was hyper aggressive in the very first four or five rounds had to kind of slow his pace down afterwards but for those first four or five rounds i mean he was just like a bull coming forward very powerful very strong now i think better Biev wins the fight but i think it's gonna be a very interesting fight for the first like i said half of that fight now moving on to heavyweight now if you didn't see my video i did one talking about the WBC uh, t t discussing a possible new weight class that would technically be between cruiserweight and heavyweight. The cutoff weight would be at uh, 225. If you want to check out that video, I'll put a card right over here for you to, you know, check that out at your own uh, pace and time. Interesting concept, but moving into real heavyweights now. Looks like Joseph Parker is targeting October. I don't know if that's actually going to be official yet, but he's targeting October and he and it looks probably like he's going to pick someone that's in the Australia, New Zealand area. Excited to see him come back. He's someone that really hasn't been on really anyone's radar other than his interesting content that he's created during, you know, during the pandemic and everything like that. He's had these funny uh, videos for Twitter where he's put out these videos of him playing different roles in, you know, Napoleon Dynamite and, you know, Superbad and all the, all these kind of classic movies, which was comical, but I want to see him in the ring and I want to see how he's doing. And so I'll be very curious to see how he does now that he's back. And that's it. That's all we have for this week. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, I'm going to be doing a couple videos this week on fight predictions. I'm definitely going to be doing one on Taylor and Pursuit. And I'm also going to be doing one for the same card, which is going to be Dillian White and Alexander Povetkin. So if you're new to the channel, like I said, and you like this kind of content, hit the subscribe button. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to hit the like button. Did want to note, we are also on every major platform when it comes to podcasts. So if you want to listen to it in the car rather than watching the YouTube video, you can do that as well. And thanks for stopping by and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.